Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Welcome to the email episode, another email episode of Spears and Steinberg. Andy, remember the movie The Blues Brothers? Yeah, Jake and I would Blues. Yeah, and remember when uh, Elwood, who I think was Dan Aykroyd's character, would tell people, we're on a mission from God. God. Yeah, that's that Chicago. God. Um, I think God is working with us, dude, because if you folks remember, we started out on Wednesday's podcast talking about the dude obliterating the chick's uterus in the room next to mine. And I was racking my brain all Sunday morning going, dude, I'm running out of ways to say, oh, Steve. Um, and, and incidentally, to the listeners, if y'all can come up with some creative oh, Steves, email them to me. I'm going to steal them, and I'm going to use them. Or record them and send them into us. Yeah, that'd be a nice little trick. Maybe we play your oh, Steve. Give me a motherfucking break. Um... But I'm running out of ways to say it, and, and, I'm, and I'm scratching my head going, there's got to be something, there's got to be something. So this, from God, I think, came at me, and I think all of it's tied together because when you're having sex, you yell his name, and I'm scratching my head going, God, give me something. So God went, I got you. I said, it would have been great if while dude was fucking that girl, I had recorded the sounds, but what really would have been great, what if the guy's name was Steve? And she's just screaming, oh, Steve, oh, Steve, oh, Steve. But I'm like, if I try to say that... It's going to sound corny. It's going to sound corny. Do you know that I went to YouTube and I typed in, oh, Steve, and I swear to God I'm not making this up. This is what came up. sound like Steve was going to make it. No, not not at all. Yeah. And I like her rhythm. Oh, Steve. Oh, 
don't sting. And then he just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's how Steve really sounds when he's fucking. Steve, you want to weigh in on that? Yeah, Steve. Go ahead. When the Steve climaxes, it sounds like Conan the Barbarian. Um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Shaquan Robinson. I wonder if this person is black. How does she? How does she spell Shaquan? It don't matter. It's Shaquan, nigga. But it could have been like a, it could have been a, like a Middle Eastern. Really? Yeah, Shaquan. Shaquan. That's that's a hard Shikwan. sell. I was trying to I was trying to I come know, up with something. But between Robinson and Shaquan, well, Shaquan Robinson. That is. Yeah, that's that's black. Shaquan Robinson. My name's Shaquan Robinson. All right. Hey, Aries, my name is Shaq, and I've been a listener. He calls himself Shaq. And I've been a listener of the podcast for a while now, and I love when you and you guys, I love when you guys talk about movies and TV shows. I heard you talk about Michael Douglas a good bit and never really checked out his movies until recently. Um, <laughs> he's one of the – let me stop. First of all, Michael Douglas, do you put him up there with Pacino, De Niro, Denzel – Nicholson, no, but not because he doesn't. I just don't see he doesn't play those characters. Okay, okay but I'm talking about in terms of great, great acting, acting great I think, movies. I think he's a great actor. I, I, I don't think. I think right now, if you put out that Al Pacino was in a movie, people are going to go see it. I don't think that same amount of people goes to see Michael Douglas. And I think he's great. You. And I think he was great. But because, but now you're saying, yeah. But now right. there was a time when, like, he was getting like all this time ju- he was juicy the man. But you know, he, I think that he kind of got blown out by like Tom Cruise and those guys back then. And back that, then, yeah, like not then. I think Tom Cruise carried over longer than than Michael Douglas did. Michael Douglas, though, do you remember he had a series though? Back in the seventies, called Streets, Streets of San, San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, that was a great fucking like. I'm sure back at that yeah. time, TV series. That that's when I was a little kid, and we would wait for that. You know, right. called, there was no VCR. No, there was no. There was three channels, right? And then a fuzzy channel that was your local channel. Yes, and that came out. I think it was on Wednesday night, and it was at like seven thirty. That was the seventies. It had to be the Streets of San Francisco. Yeah, and you were sitting there ready to watch. Dude, but that was that. Era where TV was, mwah. but it was seventies, eighties. Happy Days wasn't really like a great series. That's on yeah, in the seventies too. I know, but that was Streets of San Francisco was different. Man, right. it, it was gritty. It, it was, was gritty. It had an edge right. to it. It had Carl Malden. Then he was doing the uh, the American Express uh, right. commercials. Don't leave home without it. Um, but there was a sweet spot for Michael. Douglas. There was there like was between Fatal Attraction and the Pick movie though the one. The pick movie, uh, the one with uh, Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct. Yeah, They're right there. That that time. Uh, what was it? When we just talked about it. The one with closure, disclosure. Yeah, he, he was a, in a sweet spot where he couldn't do wrong. No, and he's a great he's a great actor, but he he plays such the the regular guy though. Like that movie yeah. that he did with Sean Penn, where they, um, yeah, Sean, where he. Uh, it's that it's that game that you play where you think the game the game yeah the, that was a great one. great movie but he plays the regular guy he's great but he played an it. asshole though but he's still a regular guy he's a regular nah, asshole guy now nah, he was a rich asshole oh, okay but it's still not this it's they're different characters they're, he's he, he was never the uh, the the action guy no though. okay so who's the better regular guy 
Him or Tom Hanks? Man, that's a really tough one because I think Michael Douglas is still a better actor, but Tom Hanks, he hit all those out of the park, all all those movies. All right, let me finish this email. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. I notice he plays more or less the same roles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just said it. One movie in particular I want you and Andy's opinion on is Fatal Attraction. Not a bad movie, but... All right, let me stop right there. Um, Before I even finish this, you don't put a but with Fatal Attraction. I'm going to give you the but, but go ahead. Let me let me read it, and then I want to. I got a question on why he puts that but. In. I don't think Glenn Close was a good female lead. In my, oh, oh! I should burn this email like Clevelanders burn LeBron's jersey. No, keep going because I'm I'm I'm, I'm oh, still with this guy. Was a good female lead in my opinion. I'm not sure why she was casted, other than some decent acting chops. But I wanted to know what you guys thought about the film. Thanks in advance. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Well, nigga, wait no more. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Are you out of your fucking mind? Glenn Close was phenomenal. I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. At what point did you not want to strangle that bitch yourself? Between I'm not going to be ignored, I'll tell your wife, the bunny kidnapping his daughter, showing up at his house unannounced when he walked in and she was pretending like she didn't know her husband but talking to his wife. What? You know what? Oh, God, this is, this, is, this is how great of an actress she was. And it's going to sound rude, and I don't mean it to sound rude. But every time I watch that movie, I'm like, how does she act attractive? Because she's not the, the, the most attractive no. one. But in that movie, there's a difference between sexy and, she, and beautiful. And she is sexy. Pulls it off where, like, you go, like, okay, so his wife's out of town. The average Glenn Close movie that I see Glenn Close right. in, I don't want to fuck her. Not at all. But in that movie, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. my wife's out of town. That's some this dirty, sexy, fun, mean pussy. That's acting. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not trying to belittle Glenn But Close. is it? You, you, you don't think she would be sexy off the set, not that yes, character? Yes, I do, I do think so. But I'm just saying she transformed herself into that slutty. Right. I don't even want to use the word slutty. That sexy, uh, provocative uh, right. woman that, I would want, that, that would ent- could entice you to fuck up. From a beauty standpoint, she matched Michael Douglas. George Clooney is handsome. Yeah, but Mike's the regular dude who, come on, man. Yeah, but it's not the dude that she matches. You have to be better. It's the wife that you're... You have to, you have to weigh that out. If there's someone that doesn't meet your... your uh, I, I don't know how to... I don't know what word Criteria? Yeah, your criteria, you know, your pussy pool. You have right. if the, if, the, if she isn't hitting that number right. and your wife is above that, why you don't you don't dip below that? You don't you, put you, you, you do if you not trying to replace your wife. Not trying, but if you know that if something if she got caught, if you you know there's a chance you're going to get caught. You do you want something that's worth getting caught for if you're going to get caught? No, sometimes you don't. If you get caught with something that ain't worth getting caught, you might not be in as much trouble. <laughs> and you still had your fun. 
Your you girl know, might look at you and go, that, that's, how de- that's how devious you are. I never even considered that shit. <laughs> I never in my whole life did Boo-boo, I go. I'm not even mad at you. I'm more like laughing. Like, yeah, seriously, yeah. nigga? I'm disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> but I still can't. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, for real, I thought Michael Douglas's wife in the movie sexy yeah that's why why would you that's what that was that but that's what she did she she didn't portray a good-looking woman she portrayed like you said a sexy woman someone that you would if the opportunity came up you would get busy with dude that scene where she's getting ready and she's sitting in front of her vanity mirror with in her panties and her bra and she's rubbing her thighs down with whatever that lotion or cream is boy oh boy Mm. Uh, how old is this guy? Do you know? Do you, is there any I, I, any indication I, I, how old no, he is? No, not at all. I, I don't think that she <laughs> makes sense. I don't think this movie makes sense to people who haven't been through. Uh, you have to be a certain age and get a relationship and understand. Right. A I rela- see what you're saying. You, you, there, there, there's a, you have to understand this. I, I just wish he went in. I just wish, it, wish he went into why didn't he think Glenn Coase was good? What what was it about her acting that was not great? Well, he said sufficient acting. He said that she was. So it was just a look thing. I think it's the look thing. But, <clears throat> but, and I guess you kind of hit on this when you're having something on the side. It's not necessary. It's about, you know, it's even like we said. You said we were out the other last night, mm. and there were some girls at the table, right? And there was one that was very attractive. Yes, and, and then right. And I looked at you and I said, "Yeah, but that one looks like the fun one. The fun one." Right. And that's when you're out and if you were going to have and uh, do something outside your marriage, you would want to do something that is going to be worthwhile. That's going to be fun. That you're right. going to. And, and that's what that that it's almost like when your mother fed you dinner and she gave you uh, kids don't really eat steak unless you're just rich. But the meatloaf, she put the meatloaf, she put the mashed potatoes, she put the green beans and you had jello. The main, the the meatloaf was the main shit, but the fun was the Jello, and you was willing to get the shit slapped out you for eating the Jello, and not the meatloaf. It's kind of like when you're cheating, you're willing to get the shit slapped out you for the side bitch that's fun, versus your main bitch that's not as fun, but she's your main bitch, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I, I can go with. Them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But you know, you know, I'm. Gonna- <clears throat> I, I don't want to get too far into this, but yes. have you ever noticed that when you were a kid? Did you ever? Uh, this is the first. This is I'm relating. This this is the only time as a kid I could relate it to what it is in a relationship. Did you ever? Your mom asked you to clean something up, and you're like, I have to go sweep the floor, or do whatever it was. But I had this uh, this lady who lived across the street. Her her husband left her, and so all the kids in the neighborhood would go over and do work at her house. Like we'd sweep the right. we'd sweep the porch. Like if something was needed to be fixed in the yard. We'd all go over there and we'd do it. And we would love to do it. We would do right. it for her because it wasn't our house. Just the fact of doing something different at someone else's house was exciting enough to go do it. There had to be some incentive for me. But I'm just saying... I, I know what you're saying, but for me to go, oh, I'm excited to go do this just because it ain't my house. Nah. Well, but that's how I feel about these relationships that people have on the side is because right. it's just not your house. It's a new house. It's a house that you're not responsible for. It's a house that just doesn't come with any 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 commitment. Right. You just can go over there, fucking play around in the house. Tear shit up and just leave. Leave. Yeah. That's always a little bit more fun. 
Um, <clears throat> Robert Young, I believe in you, bro. What's up, Aries, man? My name is Robert, but everyone calls me Bobby. I just want to say I'm a big fan of your comedic work from Mad TV, your stand-up, and just being you. I have to say you're in my top six comedians of all time. I know it's usually top five, but fuck, I got six. Let me stop for a second. <laughs> Do you know what number you are then? Six. <laughs> Because you'd be, you'd have to be if it was a top five. Here's what I would like to know, <laughs> and not like even if I was five in the top five, that's cool, right? To be amongst that company. But why am I number five? What makes me? I'm not. I'm Tony Kukoc, nigga. I'm off the bench. I'm the sixth man. What makes me number six, and all them other niggas ahead of me? Let me read this shit, bro. <laughs> Dude, I think six is, is fucking... Uh, it's not. You're right. Because look at the guys. Look at all the other You're guys. You're right. But what's stopping me from be, being two, three, four, or five? What's your dedication like? Are you got Jordan dedication? You're right. You're right. Cocksucker. <laughs> Start... <laughs> Starting with the greatest, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Paul Mooney, Patrice O'Neill, Dave Chappelle. Um, um, uh, Dave Chappelle. And last but not least, you, my nigga. I don't give a fuck what no one says. Spears and Steinberg is the number one podcast, hands down. I love every aspect of the podcast, from the movie, movie reviews, heated debates on racism, your funny-ass impressions. Paul Mooney, one is my favorite. The 40s white man radio voice <laughs> and everything else you guys talk about. One of my favorite episodes is 138. <clears throat> you guys really got emotional that episode and really expressed your feelings and concerns about each other. I must say you and Andy really compliment each other and one doesn't work without the other. I can tell you're a very, uh, I can tell you're a fucking, I can tell, what the fuck? I can tell you're a very caring person and carry your heart, emotions on your shoulders. One of my favorite things is when you try to get Andy to say nigga, and he doesn't want to say it, but he finally gets enough guts to say it, but he mumbles it because he's so uncomfortable saying it. That shit is hilarious. I'm like, Andy, just don't say the shit. You're a naturally funny dude, and I learned a lot about you from listening to you and Andy's podcast. Last but not least, <clears throat> excuse me, this fucking air, just so y'all know, the air yeah. is smoky up here from the fires. And all of a sudden, my shit goes from clear to scratchy. When you're talking, it just it builds up. Yeah. Um, last but not least, I just want to say that I believe in you. We all go through shit in our lives, some worse than others. But I can tell that you're really passionate about what you do. And one day, you'll be back on top, my guy. So to the both of you, keep striving for success. Much love to you guys. Bobby. Yeah, Bobby. Thank you, and I love you too. But tell me why I'm number six, nigga. Do you do you put Paul Mooney that high up there? And I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Do you want me to say something before you throw yourself under the no, bus? No, I don't. No, okay. I don't. No, I don't. Okay. And to be honest with you, I put me above Paul Mooney. Not from a. Mooney. I don't even want to say body of work because as far as body of work. Television-wise, I did eight years on Mad TV. Paul's never been on TV. But he like did a that. lot of writing, though. 
Paul's he did a lot of writing. He's a writer. I and he's Paul. been sporadically in certain TV shows and things. Movies, I've done more movies than him. Not like I've done a boatload of notable big movies, but I've done my fair share of small shit. Um, but I see Mooney as a great comic. I, I give, see him as a writer, I, though. Okay, I, I give Paul over me only from a legendary veteran kind of stats but as far as pound for pound funny nah yo cause I know a lot of his material again I know what it is it's Reggie it's racy it's it's race edgy it's race and I'm not saying this is some sort of a measuring stick uh but I think there's a way you tackle race comedically and make white people able to laugh at it as comfortable as they may get sometimes versus you just straight make motherfuckers leave, nigga. See, I, I, you know I, what I mean? I, li- I liked it, though, too, though. I do like that. I like watching people get uncomfortable. I do, too. I don't think preachy's the right word, but there's something about when Paul talks about race, it, at certain times, it doesn't feel like comedy. It feels like there's a little spit on it. Yeah. There's a little, there's a little meanness to it. Just a little, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I saw him as, I see Paul as, as, as a great comic, without a doubt, but a great writer as well. Right. Like, his voice worked well for Richard Pryor. Right. Like, and, and bits that they wrote that you wouldn't even know that he wrote. Because uh, he was uncredited on a lot of things, I think Paul's great. I just wouldn't put him as a comedian. I'm greater than you, nigga. Trust me, <laughs> I'm greater than you. I've been greater than you. I'm greater than all of them, niggas. I don't know what the fuck Bobby is talking about. Fuck all of that. I gave birth to Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Literally, I was in the hospital. He came out of my ass. <laughs> Dude, I, I think that there's something to be said about him as, as an all-time great, but stand-up comedy, standing in the room with right. the microphone in your hand right. and getting in a room on your... No. Right. Okay. Uh, but thank you, dog. Thank you. <clears throat> From Isaac Tucker, top two after Dave. Take that, Bobby. <laughs> First off, Aries, you are the fucking goat. Easily in my top two after Dave. You, uh, yo, man, you just don't know how many of your fans root for you to make it to the big screen. Motherfuckers are not bringing it like you, and we need that heat, dog. You made my day hearing you read my email on the pod. You made my brother's day, too. I even had my cousin call me when he heard you read it. I put him on the pod. He's in his mid-30s. And love you. He just uh, didn't know about you have a pod. Also, dude, when you said you and Murder Mook are collaborating on something, I was like, uh, this nigga can't get no triller. Um, you had me watching old URL videos of him cook niggas on the mic. Mook is a lyrical genius, and I look forward whatever y'all doing. First pair of tits that I had me was in, I forgot the chick's name, but classic movie, Double Impact with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Bolo Young. Oh, I know who that is. Really? Yeah, uh, she was a Playboy model, uh, too. She, she, she showed her tits? Yeah. Were they nice? Yeah. Oh, I gotta look this up. Um, great that, action movie, also a great movie with a plane in it. Uh, yeah, that, she pops out of a cake. I believe she pops out of a cake. 
I definitely got to sit. God, I'm, I'm thinking pop out of a cake. Uh, no, like one of those bachelor parties. No, 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 no. But what's that great action movie with Seagal and Tommy Lee Jones? Oh, maybe that's on the, the boat. I'm that's the one you're thinking. Yeah, because too many bitches popping out of cake with their titties out. It's only a hand. Like, yeah, well, I must be thinking of that. Yeah, one. but that's how impressive those titties were. That's the first thing that Did, came to my mind. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, with a plane in it. I thought you two would mention. I thought you two would mention is Delta Force with Chuck Norris. Lastly, Andy, you're the truth. Keep doing your thing, sir, and tighten up your white man Jew skills so we can see you two on the big stage. <laughs> How the fuck are you a Jew, Mexican, and a white man and not exploit this? <laughs> Laugh my ass off. Just fucking with you, sir. Y'all stay blessed, and please get back to Atlanta. Last thing I promise, I bet you were not surprised <clears throat> with the... with. I bet you were not surprised with but verdicts in the Breonna Taylor case. Uh, love you, Isaac. $10, a lot of money. There was at least two spots, nigga, where you had me racking my brain. Couple things. Um, where does Chuck Norris fall in the lexicon of great action heroes? Because we know who the icons are. Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Willis. And then from there, those are the top three. Van Damme, Seagal, Chuck Norris? No. No? Chuck Norris, you, this, this is one of the problems with what, we're, what you're about to go do. When Chuck Norris came out, when Chuck Norris was the dude, you didn't have to be young and good looking. But Chuck wasn't an ugly dude. No, but he wasn't handsome, like. But let's be honest. Of all the action heroes, who really was handsome? You don't think Stallone? Uh, no, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. You don't think he was? He wasn't an action. What he dude. was doing? Dirty Hook, Dirty, nah, dirty Harry that, movies. That, that, but he wasn't. He was an actor that had been in an action movie. There's a difference. Okay. Them dudes' whole careers was really based off of Char- action. Charles Bronson is Charles Bronson an action hero? Nah. No. Nah. Nah. He, again, actor who was in action movies. Think about it. When Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, I would even say Bruce Willis wasn't an action guy. He did a lot of action shit, but he wasn't an action guy. Stallone and Schwarzenegger, their whole catalog is 90% action. When you stop doing action, taking a break to go, I'm going to do a comedy or I'm going to do a drama, that's you taking a break. Your main bread and butter is action. Look at Jim Carrey. Would you say that Jim Carrey's main bread and butter is comedy? Yeah. Okay, he takes a break to do a drama. Okay. So, you know. Well, what do you think about, um, gosh, <clears throat> I'm going to forget his name, Goodwill Hunting. Matt Damon? Yeah, what about him in his, uh, in his series? Nah, All that action. Dude, I say if whatever you do most of is what you are. That's your genre. That's your genre. He does more movies as an actor than he does you take away the borns what else what else has he done that's action what about tom cruise then tom cruise has a lot of action movies he does but he has a lot more act more acting roles when you talk about true action dudes live it breathe it smoke it eat it schwarzenegger stallone but stallone was known for rocky that's not an action movie that's a boxing movie yeah, but what about all the other action movies? Rambo, Cobra, uh, uh, Assassins. Um, fuck, I know there's more. Um, 
Cliffhanger, uh, Judge Dredd, fucking... Okay. You know what I'm saying? His catalog is action. Then what about... um, I I hate when I try to remember names. Um, Is it Karate Martial Artist? No. Kind of. Uh, What about... Wesley Snipes? No, Bill and Ted's Adventure. Keanu Reeves? Yeah, that's all action. The last two series that he's done is uh, Matrix is action. I only give Keanu Reeves action because he can't act, so everything he does is action. So his his new series is action. The Matrix was action. That movie, the, the bank robber movie, action. Speed was action. action. So he's action. <sighs> In your definition, he would have all to be action. All right. But you think that's the majority of his movies? Well, what's his other? Parenthood is a movie. The Devil's Advocate with Pacino, straight movie. Yeah. Uh, Vent, the, the Dracula movie. Uh, Dracula. That? That was a break from acting. That's <laughs> hilarious, nigga. I just want to say this word is him. Just say, uh, Arnold, do you think you're the number one action star of all time? Arnold, do you think you're the number one action star of all time? Absolutely. That's I just want to say. Absolutely. When I did Tom Arnold's podcast, I just kept doing that because I know he worked with him in True Lies. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, you got to make sure when you do other people's podcasts, you say it on this podcast so people check it out, though. What? Did I to check out this podcast? No, to check out the... the, the... Oh, uh, the one I did? Yeah. Oh, okay. He did... Uh, um, and he... incidentally, I, I just want to ask, since we're on the topic of movies, because I really forgot to say this when we talked about the horror movies... Is it me or do all horror movies where the kid is the, a child, is the scary thing? Damon and Omian? Yeah, those kind of movies. Don't those movies damn near suck? See, I won't watch those because those those are the devil movies. But something about kids being scary, to me those movies always come up short. Like they never, you know what I mean? You're asking me to believe that this kid... Is the fucking scary antagonist? I, no, I see what you're saying, but if it's possessed, it's not the kid. It's the devil that you're... You might be right. And here's another thing that I noticed. Movies that take place in the snow suck. <laughs> the Shining took place in the snow. <clears throat> then, yes. Now, movie, come on, man. I told you. we talk, I said it. Other than the famous scene with his face in the door. Yo, that movie... <laughs> I still like that movie. Movies, with the exception to me, of Cliffhanger. Any movie in the snow sucks. Yeah, you might be right. Absolutely. Who wants to make a movie? In the, if you're an actor, who wants to make a movie in the snow? Yeah, it's just fuck. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> Kelton House. Yo, Aries and Andy, my name is Jesse, and I just finished listening to the back catalog of episodes, and I really love the show. Aries, you are definitely one of the best comedians to come out of Def Jam, and it sucks that you have been basically blacklisted for speaking your mind because I really enjoyed you in Mad TV in the past, but hopefully Andy can make some nice Jew connections and get you some roles. Dude, I would like to get some of those. I've been praying, y'all, for this nigga to do his pink, slimy yarmulke thing. (laughs) Dude, I'm on the outs, man. I don't know the handshake or anything. Andy, uh, Andy, I haven't seen your stand-up, so I can't speak on that. But I can't wait for you guys to come to Columbus 
so I can see you two live because I'm a fan of Aries and Patrice. And if Aries likes you enough to have you be his opener, then I'm sure your set is really funny. So keep at it. I wanted to tell you guys what my favorite episodes are. The Pussy Podcast, all the episodes with Kyla, Ice-T interview, uh, and the Russell Peters interview. I'm glad you uh, like Columbus, Ohio, since I live in the city. And I agree, the other cities aren't great. But to be honest, I would have thought you would dislike Cincinnati more than Cleveland. Um, Nah, dog. They shoot at fire trucks in parts of that city, but they both kind of suck. Also, I felt I should tell you that Columbus was a part of the Underground Railroad. Ooh. And the Kelton House was actually a house that was used for the Underground Railroad and has been preserved for people to visit and see the hidden rooms that used to hide slaves fleeing from the South. Wow. We need to do that next time we go. I didn't know that. Um, Probably go there. It's in Cleveland, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's in Columbus. Probably go there and... Oh, it's in Columbus. Columbus, in Ohio, yeah. Oh, we'll probably go to Columbus and see some of But the only reason I like Cincinnati better than than Cleveland, though, too, is the chili. Yes. But we should definitely check that out, because I'm sure in some of those Columbus slave houses, there's some niggas in Cleveland hiding. (laughs) Aries, I have a question for you. Knowing how much you love Michael Jordan and Mike Tyson, I wanted to know if the guy you kissed at the end of your special Hollywood, like I'm smiling, was named Michael. Uh, what was that nigga's name? Uh, that was Ish's boy. Um, David. No, that was David Spates. Uh, sorry for the long email. I'll try and keep it shorter next time. Sincerely, Jesse Burton. P.S. Hopefully I didn't get a $10 a lot of money. No, you didn't, dog, because uh, that was very clean. Yeah, I do want to go check out that. No, that they I that. do, too. Yeah. Like, what you niggas doing hiding there? We from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> what you know you niggas is free? <laughs> yes, we. All right. Uh, next one. I'm trying to get this fucking piece of paper. Uh, here we go. From Jared W. <clears throat> Spears and Steinberg. Thanks for re- reading my letter regarding the NBA's canceled boy. Ah, fuck. What's wrong? I don't know if I really want to read this. I started, so I can't do it. But I just don't want to talk about this no more. All right, fuck it. Sorry, dog. I don't want to make you, make you feel bad. I listened to the episode 187 a few times, just trying to digest Andy's response to my last letter. Andy says that there should have been a plan, not just for the NBA, but with other professional leagues, and I assume corporate sponsors as well. He also said he didn't believe a boycott would have a financial impact. Imp- impact. Impact. Oof. Andy, why are you, why are your ideas always about spinning wheels and wasting time? I quote James Baldwin, and he puts in parentheses. He said this in the early '80s, and now it is now dead. I've been there 60 years. I've been here 60 years. I'm not going to live another 60 years. You've always told me it takes time. It's taken my father's time, my mother's time. I think Aries said it best. Change is definitely overdue. Andy, seeing the world through rose-colored glasses is called indifference. It means to you, Andy, that the problem isn't the big the problem isn't that big of a deal, and waiting for change to happen at some point is okay. Progress can move at a snail's pace while people continue to die and remain oppressed. Progress can move oh shit. What type of position is this other than idiotic or that of a white supremacist? The NBA players started to light a torch with their protests, but they doused it in water before developing it or even thinking about passing the baton. This actually kills momentum. It's not about having a mapped-out plan, Andy. Uh, D. 
Did Ali have a five-year plan when he refused to serve in the Vietnam War? Did Rosa discuss plans with MLK before she refused to give up her seat? Planning is not the issue. It's momentum that is moving in the right direction. That's what we lost when they went back on the boycott. Waiting for a better plan, which has never been a formula, is not a solution. If you truly believe that, what is your, what is your example? What is your solution? Jared W. Now I'm glad I read it. Shit. Yeah. Well, I'll give it to you really quick because you brought up Rosa Parks. Right. Rosa Parks didn't give up her seat. Rosa Parks started a movement, but there was a plan. And the plan was for not to ride the bus, to have an economic impact, and to make changes to the way the, the, the system worked in uh, – where, where, where was that? Uh, what was the, what was the bus? Did it happen? What? Uh, the, it, it don't matter. Any southern niggas don't no, sit here. No, was it? Was it? Was it ma- it's not ma- Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was I was trying to remember the name of the bus company. I, 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 oh, I don't know the name of the bus company. Yeah, but, but that that was what. It, that's what they went after. That's how they knew that they had accomplished what they were what the beginning or the set to start with the movement was but you have to have you have to know what you're going to do, what you're what you're going after and this is where Aries and I disagree on this uh, but this is in this decision to have the most impact I didn't feel there was a cohe- what I was trying to say I don't think that I got to stop and start all over on this whole thing cuz I want to start cuz you got me wound up <laughs> First of all, rose-colored glasses. I couldn't see the problems if I'm wearing rose-colored glasses. That's the first thing you got to understand. I, my rose-colored glasses are for the future, the way that I want to see the future. I know where we are right now. So let's now let's, let's take that step from there. What I was trying to say is I didn't think there was a cohesive message that we were going to get through because there wasn't any kind of plan. When you said a better plan, there wasn't a plan. What was the goal that was going to happen? If you want change in policing, then that has to be the goal. Was that the goal? Mm. Did we know the goal? Was there what – what, what were we setting out to accomplish? Now, I know that what we want to accomplish, but that is bigger than the NBA. And if it's bigger than the NBA, then you need everybody on board to be able to pull this off. And that wasn't going to happen right then. That's my point. I'm not saying that it there couldn't it couldn't had some impact, but even your hero, Obama, knew that that wasn't the and right I move. I said I disagreed. With I him. know you you disagree with him, but I'm saying there's someone. I, I'm looking at him, and he went to uh, LeBron and who who was the players union leader? Oh, I don't know. That's who he went to, and he Chris Paul, and he went to them yeah. about what would. Obviously, he had a better plan. He had something that he said that made more sense. I'm not that person to make the plan. I don't, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but, but, but I don't want to also forget. Again, you just said that wasn't going to do anything, and you've said that repeatedly, and my point has always been you don't know that. You say that like that's factual. You don't know that. And my whole thing is what we do know that's factual Is that like the definition of insanity? You do the same thing over and over, expecting different results. So if we had just done what we have already done a million times, why would we get any different of a result? So let's do what hasn't been done. I understand what you're saying, but there's no reason that that still can't happen. And with um, So then why postpone it? Why not do it now? Because you have to have some kind of plan in unity. And the reason you need some kind of plan is how do you know when you got to a certain threshold? How do you know that you've got to – how do you exit? If you say we're not going to play anymore until what? 
until what? Until completion is completely changed? Hey, listen, until equal rights are every. You can all- always go back and play at any point. We know that. And ain't nobody going to stop that from a business standpoint because that's the money. But by not playing, you're stopping the money. And when you stop the money, motherfuckers move their ass. Okay. So now they might go, holy shit, let's get off our ass and make this change to get this revenue back. Okay. Who's our president right now? Biff. Okay. So now we have that as a president giving out stimulus. Those smallest, small, the number three out of our three largest uh, uh, sports, it's the number three sport, highest impact on, on black America is, is the NBA. On, on how it how it provides income to black America, you're going to take that and start there when they're, the white owners are going to get stimulus checks back to keep their, uh, their finances going for their teams. It's not going to... You got if That's what I'm... So, so by getting the stimulus check, that means they could afford to take the hit from the players not playing. Yeah, they could... For have, how long? A season? Okay. Maybe we go up... We, maybe we sit out... Two seasons. Okay, so now, but sh- but now the black economy is being affected from this. Okay, and as I said, am I my brother's keeper? Find a way to band together as a community and keep each other afloat. But was that in place? That's I don't know if that's the place. That sounds like a plan. But it wasn't in place, and it wasn't a plan. I don't even know why that should be a plan that's that hard to put together. Okay. quickly. Okay, let's look at all. It, it, it's not even a plan. It's a blueprint. That's what they did in the '60s with the with the bus movement. Again, when Dr. King and those in that community but they went, had a plan. Okay, but my point is, it's not even a plan; it's a blueprint, which means it's already there. So we shouldn't even have to take days and weeks to go. Let's come up with what we're gonna okay. do. Let's just follow were the you, blueprint. What were you going to? What were you going to accomplish? Tell me what the what the accomplishment was. Well, Andy, we know what the accomplishment. No, no, no. Is. Tell me what it is. To force people's hand to bring about change. Okay, but what is the change? We know what the change. What is. is the change? The change isn't going to be a wand where it all gets changed. What is the change when you go? I'm. It is accomplished. We accomplished a goal. What is the next? Because with the with the bus strike, the goal was accomplished. Okay, but you know what? At the end of the day, for me, it's about first and foremost, we need to be taken seriously. And going ahead with a we are done playing, we we will be taken seriously. Starting a we're going to do this and then pull back is not being taken seriously. We're a joke now. No, that's We're not a true. joke. No. It's a bluff. No. It's a bluff. No, because if you put a plan together, now they know you have a plan. Now you say you're not going to do it. It's done. What? Listen, you just said... Uh, Basically, what you just said, if I got in the water and I could tread water, just because you can tread water and you're in the water doesn't mean you're swimming. You have to have a reason to be in that water. You have to know what you're doing in there. You can't just, I'm just going to stay here until we figure out change. What's the change? Is it policing that we needed? There has to be incremental change. It's not going to happen at once. So what is the change that you wanted? If they would have came out and said, we're going to do this, until uh, these laws are passed, until we have a contract with America to work on these issues and put 10 issues that we wanted to see accomplished in the next 18 months. But none of that was there. What, uh, if I just say, I want change, well, what is that? How do, you, how do you project that? I want change. I know what the change is. How do I get there? Well, I know this. They didn't do it. 
And if things continue the way they've been continuing, would it have been better off to go the other way? I don't know, because we didn't go the other way. And that's my point. But if we go this way and we get start movement. If. If. There's already movement. I know, but there's, uh, that's another if. And that's what his point is. I got what his point is. I got what his point is. My point is, do, do what you want to do. Have a, some sort of plan. Have some strategy. You don't go to war and just decide, uh, I'm just going to go start, I'm going to kill these people over here because uh, this is the war, and then we'll find out what's behind them afterwards. You need to know what the strategy is. You have to have a, a beginning, a middle, and an end to, to accomplish goals. And I, when I say to you, what is, it that, what is it that you go change, that doesn't give you the answer. You have to have incremental moments where you can go, it is working. Just change isn't, isn't it. What, what do I need? Policing is a big change. Economics is a big change. Reparations could be part of that change. But we, don't have, we didn't have any, there was nothing in there to let anybody know what that was going to be. We're going to leave that on agree to disagree. Because I want to read these other emails. All right. I know we could do this for hours. I know, but I still don't know what you're boycotting when you boycott and you say change. I want change. All I'm saying is force the hand. Force it. To change, but to change. You want change, right? Tell yeah. the hand what you want change. The hand knows what we want. It's been knowing what we want. Incrementally, it's not going to change all at once. So incrementally, you have to have a plan to make those changes. You'd be effective. surprised how quickly shit changed when you slam a motherfucker in the, hay, in the face with a hammer. Is California burning right now? Yeah. Is it because of climate change? Yeah. Have we changed climate and we're going to be wiped out because of it? See, this is where the waters get too deep for me because I can't, I can't make the connection between climate change and niggas wanting change that could be automatic I'm just, if we do what we need to do. What I'm saying is policy has to be changed to make any change. And you have to have a plan to make these changes. The reason that you're not getting change in this, with our environment is because the plan, no one knows where to really start on the plan. How do we fix our, 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 our climate? No one knows how to start. This right here, we know how to start. We need to lay out the plan. Lay out the plan, and if you want to boycott, if you want to not play, then let's end it. That's it. That we can do, but have a plan. Go in with the plan. Don't make the plan up. All right. Um, from uh, AB. Finally. Ha. I'm currently listening to episode 108 and finally got a chance to hear the origin of the $10 a lot of money <laughs> Reference. Hope y'all doing good, AB. And listen, to all the people that come on to this podcast as of the most current episodes, I implore you, please go back and start from episode one and binge and go in order. And I tell people that because, you know, not to say you can't get enjoyment out of where you start, but you have a deeper appreciation when you know the beginning and you follow the journey. Because from $10 a lot of money to the radio guy voice, to the music behind it now, to da, 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 to the actual music. To, it's just things have grown and come together. And if you can just follow it where you can go, ah, I see. Oh, that's what that, oh, that reference. It just, it feels more complete. 
So, Excuse me, though. i got to throw the Jewish guy voice yes. into this. Also, on the $10 a lot of money shirts, we do have those available in sizes extra small through 3X. If you would like to hit me up on Andy Comedy on Instagram, I'll be happy to send you a link so you can order one. Ah, uh, that's a real Jew, isn't it? Break out your <laughs> coin purses and pocketbooks and wallets. Give your money. The Jew has spoken. <laughs> okay. Incidentally, uh, I got to admit, um, that voice is inspired by John Lovett's Saturday Night Live. Ah, that's the ticket. Oh, that is. That is the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, FF. Prisoner, state your name. FFB332 Mob Williams. Uh, hey, uh, what's up, Aries? Love writing these e- these emails to the podcast. I have a question, and you probably already answered it, but what the fuck happened to Mad TV? I feel like I read this one. I was on YouTube and looking up old videos of the show. Now, the early 90s <clears throat> to the late 90s of Mad TV had it. The 2000 episodes were trash, not you. And what's so crazy to me as a fan, you can tell when you, you can tell when Mad TV was Mad TV. I never understood how SNL is still on because 95 to 99, nothing was fucking with Mad TV. Y'all was way better and funnier than SNL. And the Cos episode of you playing Bill Cosby in prison aged very well. Love the podcast and my Paul Mooney's voice. Nigga, bring me back. Um, I'm going to tell you something, Mom. And I was upset. Uh, first of all, if you go to YouTube and look up that sketch, Cos, spelled C-O-Z, was a... Um, parody of the HBO show Oz and um, our showrunner at the time Dick Blasucci um, he cut some things out of that sketch that pissed me off because he didn't really know Oz he didn't know that show and when Devon and I wrote that sketch we had elements in the sketch that were very true to the show Oz for instance they would do these abstract Weird things like the brother who had the dreads, who was in the wheelchair. Yeah, he would come out and narrate a part of the show here in Oz. Such and such and such and such happens, and blah 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 blah. And it would be some weird, abstract action going on or some shit. So I wanted, to, and because again, to me, doing a skit or a parody is like an impression. I wanted to get the details. So we had Phil Lamar played a dude in the wheelchair. And we built a glass cube in which the wheelchair was in. in yeah. And on the left side of him and to the right side of him was a white dude and a black dude. And we had the white dude uh, naked from the waist up with pants on. Same thing with the black dude. And he was massaging his body like he was a stripper with baby oil with chocolate pudding. And then we had the, the black dude doing the same thing with vanilla pudding. So... As Phil was out, you know, here at Oz, controlled by Bill Cosby, you know, there's the race war between the white pudding and the black pudding. So we had that. Then we had another part where I was playing Adebise, Cosby as Adebise. Did you have a little hat? I had a little hat. And at one point, I'm sitting there talking to some of the prisoners, and a uh, transgender dude in a skirt is massaging my feet. Now, again... I actually saw that on Oz. There was a scene where Addie Bisse by a transgender was getting his foot massage. He ended up cutting those two scenes because, again, he didn't know the show. And morally, he just thought it was uncomfortable. And it pissed me off because I was like, 
dick. You, 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 you're cutting something that is a parody of the show, which is an element that belongs. Don't let your own personal convictions get in the way of art, man. Did you show him the show, though? Did you bring him? He, he didn't really care. So, you know, to answer your question, man, I love that skit, but I hated that skit because he cut out two things that I thought were fucking hilarious and necessary. Um, but, yeah, it's amazing how we called that. Yeah, I, when he says that he doesn't understand how Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live has, has outlasted because it has the support of NBC. Yes. And it's, it's, it's not about – it is about ratings, but it's, right. about, it's about the legacy of Saturday Night Live. That, now. too. But because In Living Color beat the shit out of Saturday Night Live. For, for its run, but In Living Color only stood around. In Living Color was great for about four seasons. By seasons, five, I think it's five, six. I think they did seven. That shit was garbage. But SNL also has the time slot. That time slot is, is key to keep to keeping. Well, listen, most people are not home on Saturday nights. They're out partying or whatever. But the show was such a uh, a staple and a and a and a. It was such a God. Sometimes I got these words. It was such a staple and it's such a iconic show that you know now, especially with DVRs, VCR, people will record it. It's just part of American culture. Yeah, it's an lexicon. It's an lexicon, and 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 all the stars that came from that, even when they're bad, it's good. But my question is that I think nobody's asked this, and this is the question that you don't have. I know you don't have an answer for this. Where's the streaming Mad TV? Well, they recently just came out on HBO Max. Oh, they did. Yeah, but th- when I say recently, I mean four months ago, because when I got the app. I downloaded it, not knowing Mad TV was on it. I just wanted the app. And I was like, oh, shit. So, but even to your point, when Mad TV first went off the air, we were airing in reruns on Comedy Central. And that was huge for the show because it gave people who never saw the show a a second win or a first look. Um, I wish they would put it back on Comedy Central. But, and the thing about Mad TV that I think where you guys get slighted it never came out in a box set. It eventually did. It did? It did. And, but, but, and this is where a lot of us got mad at David Salzman was because we didn't understand what was taking so long. And then when it did come out in a box set, they only did the first three seasons. Okay. Now I think they have them damn near all available. But more to that point, where I thought we were slighted was I was like, dude, what you mean? And, and listen, I never did any iconic characters that could have been a movie. But, dude, let me tell you something. Stuart, that character Stuart by Michael McDonald, the grown man baby, and Alex Bornstein's Swan, he looking like a man. When I tell you them shits was huge, those should have been movies. And 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 when Mad TV first started out, Quincy Jones was David Salzman's partner. Now, by season two, I think David left completely, but they still were friends. My point is Quincy Jones. With the influence of Quincy Jones, y'all couldn't get a movie made? I, I just never understood why the producers or the owners never pimped that show the way that they should have when it was at the height of its popularity. So you you feel you're missing a Michael Lauren? Yeah. We never had a real Michael Lauren. And David Salzman, God bless his heart, nice dude, 
but I just I never understood it. No merchandise, nothing. What what did any movies come out of uh, In Living Color? Well, no, no. Oh, uh, no. Do they? Uh, well, they I guess their characters really didn't translate into a movie, though. No, but I mean, stars were born. Stars, were, yeah, definitely. You know, I would say the three J's: Jim, Jamie, and J Lo. You know, Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, and J-Lo are bigger than any of the Wayans. And that show was designed for the Wayans. But do you feel J-Lo, J-Lo didn't come, she was, the, she was one of the fly oh, girls. Oh, without, in With, living color, she would, I don't know that she would be on the map. Really? Yeah, dude, that gave her her start. Okay. That show gave her her start, you know? Uh, so there's your, there's the answer to your question, Mob Williams. Uh, Ezra Gardner, the Bernie Mac show. Can I just say to you, Andy, I was driving to go do the podcast Cannabis 101. It's about an hour drive from my house, and I was listening to the episode where we were talking about Cedric. And the moment I did the Bernie Mac thing, dude, your laugh, again, when I get you sometimes, I get you. There was one point when I did the, hun, hun, the motherfucker, the motherfucker, and you kind of chuckled. But then I went on a long run. I, I can't remember what I did, but I went, Sam, Sam, hum, and dude, the way, it almost like you thought about it, and once it registered to you, dude, the way you started laughing, oh, Jesus, and I think that's part of what he said. Dude, you're Bernie Mac. when you Which do, I don't do Bernie Mac. But when you do do him, it is like getting one of those character drawings at Disneyland. Oh, over the top? Yeah, you know how they draw with your yeah, big hair and you're, right, you're holding, right. whatever you're holding is bigger. Whatever. That's your, that's your, that's well, why. Well, tell them motherfuckers, say it, come on in, motherfuckers, say, shit, I ain't care, but kids, hey, motherfuckers. That's all I know. All right. Hey, Aries, this is Ezra writing you from Florida, where the girls dress like they don't like their fathers. Ah, love the podcast. You and Andy are a dope team, and I hope that both of you continue to keep me laughing every week. I heard you talking about comedians who crossed over from stand-up to TV sitcoms and the Bernie Mac show was mentioned. I just wanted to answer your question on whether or not the Bernie Mac show was cheesy. The answer is no. The great thing about the late Bernie Mac is that whatever opportunity that came his way, whether it was being a supporting actor in Oceans 11 through 13 with George Clooney or sharing the spotlight with Samuel L. Jackson and Soul Men, he never allowed Hollywood to compromise his authenticity. Hey, come my motherfucking authenticity. Hey, what told nigga? The Bernie Mac show was not only showcased his unapologetic, unapologetic sense of humor, but it opened the eyes of millions of Americans to see how versatile he was. It's a shame we lost him so soon. I was only 12 years old when he passed away, but I had been watching his material for so long. He felt like an uncle to me. Anyways, keep up the good work, guys. I will continue to support as much as I can. Thank you, Ezra. Um, you ever meet Bernie Mac? No, I didn't. And, and I'm telling you, Bernie Mac to me is going to be one of the, for the lifetime because he just didn't get that exposure. When, mm -hmm. Even in a way greater than Patrice because Patrice had the radio thing that worked for him that got, that's going to live a long time. Right. He's going to be one of the most underrated comics ever, right? Because he, he his legacy will is going to fade because he doesn't have enough out there, right? And he was like when they did the Kings of Comedy, right? 
dude, he was the man. Well, he had to go last. He was, you couldn't follow him. He, he, he's going to be. He, he's someone that I had. Like when we talk about Patrice in that level, I think he had more gears to hit that, right. that he didn't get to because. One of the things that he just said there, being authenticity, he didn't waver from his blackness and his and his community in the way that he saw it. Right, and he didn't change it to make it funny for white people. Right, but white people were starting to catch on to it. Right, uh, and that's something when you don't have to leave your area. And you can still attract people in like that, right. and that's that's also what Patrice was doing too. He was staying true to. Right, that's a hard thing to do. That you can get your message across the way because com- right. comedy isn't. Uh, there's a message in comedy, no matter what kind of comedy you do. Right. There's a message in comedy, and when you can relay that message to multiple cultures, and still stay authentic to who you are, that's when you're doing real. Com- to me, that's when you're doing real comedy, and <laughs> and his. I never, it never even occurred to me until I started working with you when we would talk about Bernie mm-hmm. that he had, that people did, some people didn't understand even what he was saying. Right. And the way that he talked about life, his life, I just thought that was, to me, right. I grew up around people like that. So that seemed normal to me. It wasn't, I wasn't off on that. Right. But when you pointed out to me and I started paying attention to it, I said, oh man, he really, he, for him to cross over the way he was crossing over, right. that was a big leap. You know, uh, Bernie was one of those dudes who, when they on screen, they do shit that pops. They do shit to make you remember them. They do shit so funny it's quotable. Um, and again, that doesn't some you know that doesn't always mean that they're the same way in stand up and vice versa. There's some dudes who, and that's why I say about Chris Rock, brilliant, 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 brilliant stand up. One of the smartest ever. To me, personally, my opinion, he don't pop in movies like that to me. Whereas Mike Epps pops. Mike pops on screen. That 45, 55, do-do-do-do-do-do. That shit. And, and even in Roscoe Jenkins, uh, that movie with Roscoe Jenkins with Martin Lawrence, he just says things in moments, does things in moments comedically that Pop at you. It's like J.B. Smooth, though, too. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, Kevin Hart. Yo, Kevin in a lot of his movies, yo, he pops. He, he, he does things and says things that jump out at you. He stands out. And that's not an easy thing to do. Just And again, just because you do it well in TV don't mean you, it translates to film. Just because you do it well on stage don't mean it translates to either or. And this is what makes Eddie Murphy so of an icon. He popped in everything. Yeah. Whether he was on stage, whether it was him on SNL, whether it was him in a movie, he popped on everything. He's Jordan. There was no weaknesses in his game except put your mouth on me and uh, I was a king singing. Put your mouth on me. Wait, who taught you how to do that? Put your mouth Natch your teeth. If I was a king, <laughs> wasn't party all the time. Like all like party all the time was actually kind of cool. <laughs> but put your mouth on me, and if I was a king, eh. uh, all right. Last one um, from James Ludwig. I love y'all's podcast. Please read in Morgan Freeman voice. LOL. 
Hi, Aries. I was listening to your podcast. Awesome, by the way. No. Uh, (laughs) I just want to get to the part where I say your name, because that's when it always, but I'll do that. And I was always talking about how you was writing a joke about Paul Mooney and Farrakhan being the devil and angel on your shoulders. I was wondering, did you ever finish that, or are you still working on it? That part you did say on air was hilarious. I hope you finish it and use it in your stand-up. Now, this is Morgan Freeman, because your name comes up. I'm really glad you and Andy stayed together. Something about Andy. I know that was a while back. I'm really just skipping through y'all's podcast while I'm at work. Working. That shit gets me through a 12-hour shift like it's eight hours, nigga, and that's lovely. I love how y'all talk about sport and how great the Bulls were in the 90s. I'm an 80s baby, and in the 90s, 2000s, 2000s to 2010, were a blast growing up. Great music and great athletes. I wish y'all would do a podcast on the 90s and 2000s. We kind of did the 90s, right? A oh, little bit. More movies or something? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, how great they were. That would be dope. Do me a favor and ask Andy if he ever watched any of the Friday movies with Ice Cube. Yeah. And if so, which one is his favorite? Also tell Andy I said, what's up? And don't take the hate too serious. People are always going to hate. Just brush that shit off and continue to be a good person. Aries, I have to say this before I end this. Dude, I've seen you in person in your stand-up at the Comedy House in South Carolina. You're fucking hilarious. Everyone was crying laughing. Since I've been listening to your podcast, you kind of remind me of Whale the Rapper. Y'all both want the recognition from the industry, and I'm just like, but your fans love you. Fuck the industry. Keep doing you. If they don't fuck with you, fuck them. Go the Tyler Perry route. Do your own shit. Make your own movies. Make your own stand-ups. Eventually, they are going to want to fuck with you like they fuck with Tyler Perry. Uh, You're great enough to do your own, and people keep fucking with you because it's you. I know you don't want to hear. I know know you don't want to hear don't stress out, but on the real, God's got you. I definitely know you don't want to hear that shit, but he does. Keep moving forward, and thank y'all for the podcast and for always keeping it 100. God bless James. Well, James, that was very, very nice. Thank you for that. Um. Yeah, uh, I, the first Friday. The first Friday. Yeah. With him and Chris Tucker. Yeah. Did you like? That's that's where all the clips are too. All the all the things that are quotable that you know right. that they. Yeah, it had all the. Uh, who, who do you think was funny in Friday? You prefer Smokey or Day Day? You want me to remember names? Which Mike Epps or Chris yeah, Tucker? Yeah, yeah. I just I, but I don't remember which one's oh, which. Oh, Smokey was Chris and Day Day was Mike. Like, I like Chris Tucker. I like right. him a lot. But what you said about Epps, I'm not an Epps fan. Comedy-wise, going to a comedy show, right? Epps doesn't do it for me. Really? Stand-up. Stand-up-wise. Right. He, he's funny, but not the hype that he gets. Right. But when I see him on shows, he could take the smallest line. Right. And make a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris has to really, Chris is like the opposite. No, I disagree. I think Chris does the same thing. He really puts a lot of energy, though, into, into being Chris. But it's effortless energy. It might be effortless, but there's energy in it. Right. Where Mike just doesn't even... Mike almost seems like he's mad that he had to come do a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I, I, lo- I, I like watching Epps on screen. I think he does, he, he does some interesting... You know, 
this is, you're, you're going to think I'm completely nuts on this one for saying this, but remember when we were talking about um, Iron Man and uh, and, and uh, who, who's played uh, uh, Kill uh, not uh, what's what's his name the the black dude his sidekick the black his sidekick Iron Man's sidekick oh Rhodey yeah Don Cheadle yeah. versus um, Terrence Howard yeah right. I would like to see Epps get it as Rhodey I think Epps could have done something really cool and different. No. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying no, 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 no. No, I'm, but I'm going to I, I know, but no, dog. No. Dude, his no. personality. Yeah, but, you give, know. Give him a superhero character. I think he does something with it. Neri would strangle you over that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I like, I like the way that he approaches acting. I think Mike's comedic brain would get in the way too much of acting as the character, which, you know, I know it's a superhero movie, but you still got to act. And I don't think that he does that justice because I think it comes off too comedy, too too comedic-like. Nah, nah. Cheeto's too serious in that where, yeah, like it needs a little, it needs a... No, those little moments of levity when, 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 uh, oh God. Robert Downey Jr. And no, no, when, when he's going through the rehab and, and at the end of Civil War and, uh, Stan Lee makes the cameo as the delivery guy. Is there a Tony Stank here? And, and Don Cheetah goes, yeah, there's a Tony Stank and gives him shit about yeah, that. Yeah. That's a funny little, that's funny enough. Now put Epson in that. Too much. Yeah, there's a stake in this motherfucker. Do, 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 he, do, he, do, he wouldn't do it like that, though. I know, but that's what you envision. Now, I, I see. I see him differently. I see. I, I do. I see him differently because I think well, and, he's, and, a, and, he's a unique personality. In 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 uh, uh, Infinity War, when they land in Wakanda, and and uh, Mark Ruffalo's character is the Hulk goes, "What are we supposed to do?" And Don Cheetah goes, "He's a king. Well, you got to bow." And then. He bows and Chadwick goes, we, we, we don't do that here. And then Mark Ruffalo shoots him, Don Cheetah, that look like, what the fuck? And Don gives him a sly grin and bumps him as they walk. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. Okay. Anything more, you, you're overcooking my grits, I want to see Epson something else. I want to see the challenge for, I think that he, that dude has that. I definitely think he knows how to make a scene pop. Um but I still say he has to be in the right work. But, but that roadie character has such, even though it's grown, it doesn't have a lot to it. And I don't know that it's supposed to or should. You know what I mean? The, well. it, that, the character in the comic book has a lot more going on. Okay. Maybe, maybe we have, might have to phone in Nary the on. real fat fanboy. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Hi, Shaw. There we go. That's it. Sorry. Man. Let me give big apologies uh, to. Uh, oh, God. I feel like Jabba the Hutt. You did, Gigi. Um, Yuan Rogers. I know this thing is going to be crushed. Uh, Let's get him on next. The next we will. Week. I'll save him. Uh, Just Loves Chicos and our boy from Toronto, Culture. Um, we'll get him on the next one. I have a big email that I wanted to do on someone that, that ha- came at me in a in a way 
that I could really appreciate. Disagreed with me, but came at me in a way that I was like, all right, this is a conversation. I want to have this one. And I, I've been holding on it for about a month, and I really want to get to this one. So, Culture, we're sorry we didn't get to your podcast. I mean, to your email, but next one, I promise we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get one of Alabisi's uh, peoples come rub your feet until then. <laughs> Stay up, brother. You know we love you, man. See y'all next week. We're gonna be in. Wait, we're gonna be in Tampa. We'll be in Tampa. Ehore City. Even though I gotta remember COVID, so we're probably gonna have a curfew. It's gonna be sparse. It's gonna be sparse. But uh, yeah, we're out there. Ten dollar a lot of money T shirts. Andy Comedy on Instagram. Send you the link if you want to get one. And uh, Hits 101, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. AerySpears.com, AerySpears Movie Madness, the app game coming soon. Love y'all, chitlins. Bye. All the cooking my grits, yotes. Can you feel it, baby?